So we're three degrees removed. Like th- there's my plan for, for my kid. Yeah. There, there's my kid's plan. <laughs> and then there's yeah. God's plan. Yeah. Welcome to the Strategic Ministry Podcast, where we seek to help church and ministry leaders think more strategically in order to reach more people with the gospel. On today's podcast, I have the opportunity to talk to John Thomas. John has worked in cyber education for nearly 15 years. He lives in Western PA with his wife, two daughters, and one granddaughter. He became a Christian about 12 years ago and serves as a deacon in his church, where he's active in children's ministry and jail ministry. Let's join in the conversation. So anyway, tell me a little bit about what you're doing these days, what you're doing with the church, what you guys got going on, uh, school, life, you know, just catch me up. Still, um, still life-wise, still doing the same same job. I, I think it was when you left, I, I'm coordinating professional learning for school. Um, so uh, for cyber school, so I work from home. Um, it's kind of neat during, did, did you leave before covid or after right as it was hitting right okay. as right as covid was kind of of peeking its head around the corner if you will um because we were midway through closing on a house and like suddenly you know our our uh like the real estate agent for the couple selling us the house was doing the no i'm not going to be there at the closing and we're trying to figure out like well do we need you there like <laughs> it was almost like just weird you know looking back on it you, you kind of wonder like like why was that suddenly like you couldn't yeah you just like, all be in a room and sign a piece of paper like can't close on house. <laughs> but like legitimately like we were wondering uh if people like if we'd even be allowed because allegheny county was shutting down hard at that point we were wondering if we'd actually get to move into the house even if we closed on it or like you know, if somebody would like red flag us because we were doing things we shouldn't have been doing. <laughs> you were outside getting fresh air, which is yeah, the right? worst thing in the world. With, at that yeah. time. Close to people in a moving truck and <laughs> <laughs> getting exercise and fresh air. Yeah. These are terrible for your health. <laughs> I know, right? We even ordered pizza. Like, what were we thinking? <laughs> but yeah, so um, so so that time was interesting because uh, I've been I had uh, have been working in cyber education for like 14 years so okay. um so all the, all of the schools were now moving to the model that we were familiar with and and a bunch of schools contacted me and asked me to like train their teachers on how to to do remote instruction so did it um, did it feel like you guys were almost legitimized overnight absolutely and what was really funny was because a few months before then, I was talking to our local, uh, our, our local state senator, about uh, about uh, cyber education and charter schools, and he said that he he likes charter schools in general, but wasn't a big fan of cyber charter schools in particular because, and he, here's what he, the reason he gave was he said whenever charter schools were first established, one of the reasons for their existence was to be sort of a laboratory laboratory school for traditional districts. Mm, and he okay. said, and I see that with, with most, with brick and mortar charter schools, but I don't see that with, with cyber charter schools. I don't see how they're providing that laboratory type school. So after COVID, <laughs> like a month after COVID, I right. suddenly, <laughs> Okay, well, we have these laboratory schools. <laughs> We're here. <laughs> Aren't you glad that we've yeah. had, we had this laboratory experience? He didn't. He didn't reply back to that email. So. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, and that's you know, um, you've been doing that for as long as I've known you. Uh, yeah, and yes. you know, been a big proponent of alternate education. I always appreciate that. About you, you have a a, a un, unique perspective. I mean that in the absolute best way possible. Like you, you look at things and try to really look at all sides of it and kind of like unpack it from from every angle to really try to get a good view and, and understanding of it. So I do I really appreciate that about you and part of why I wanted to <clears throat> talk to you about some just some different things today. Um, and I know you and I have had many 
interesting conversations, you know, through this, um, through just different seasons of life and things like that. And so, um, but really want to focus in today on, you know, uh, this is part of kind of a series we're doing on ways churches can come along families, come alongside families in crisis. Um, and, and you went through a family crisis. So I'd like to just kind of unpack that from the personal perspective, but then also from just kind of that analytical perspective, right? Looking at all the, the different sides of it and, and, you know, coming at it in ways that, that maybe, um, you know, not, not everybody would think to, right. Not everybody would put kind of certain pieces together and, and see if we can unpack this picture in a way that helps future churches, future ministries, you know, youth leaders, family leaders, you know, even just you know, a deacon volunteer at a church listening to a, a podcast and, and you know, that goes, oh, man, yeah, we have people like this in, in our community. And and it's great to think about how can we help families going through things like this, because, like, it's not, you know, you're not the first family to go through it. You're definitely going to be the last family. Absolutely not. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. exactly. You know, yeah. Um, so, yeah, why don't you intro, you know, share a little bit about your story and, and we'll get some background and then just start talking through it. Yeah, so um, so a couple years ago, um, I guess well, it'll be two this year, so it must have been towards the uh, towards the fall of two thousand. Well, um, I, I was I was at a meeting and I came home and um, it was actually a really a really good meeting. I, w- I was really excited about it. I met a young man who was uh, who was going up to um to grove city college he was he was studying economics up there and i am such an economics nerd that i was able to <laughs> list off a couple of the professors up at grove city college and be like hey do you know this guy do you know this guy and he's like that oh awesome. yeah that guy's yeah. my advisor and i was like uh, <laughs> nice but it, um it was cool to meet a meet a young man i got home all, all excited uh, uh, about that and ready to to share this uh, uh this experience with my family and and um my my wife was like well Rachel has some news for you too. And um I'm like okay, let's let's hear this news and uh, uh the news was that uh that, that she was uh, that she was pregnant. Um so that kind of changed the the tone of that evening uh, rather quickly. Yeah. Um, it was it was really it was weird because you know, it, it's something that you want uh, like uh, I looked forward to a day whenever whenever I would get that news. Uh, yeah, but probably but not not that not day. at that point. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, she <laughs> exactly. was sixteen at the time, something like yes. that. Yes. Yeah. 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 So um, so yeah, it it felt like a a punch to the gut, mm. um, sort of um, at at that point, um, but. I, I told her, you know, we'll be here for you. Like, mm. like this, this baby's going to have a supportive family and, and there's no, like you never ever need to, to doubt that, mm. that, that this baby's going to have um, all the support and the love that we, we can give her. And, and oh my goodness, I, I um, love her so much. It's, I was going to say, you probably spoil her, don't you? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's spoiled in a way that um, that I, I don't think Rachel or Abby were. Whatever they. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I was um, the, the the one day I was uh, whenever whenever she was first able to like grab little things and things like that. I was like, you know, whenever my kids would play with a light switch, I'd be like stop it you're going to blow out the bulbs what, yeah. what's yeah. what's wrong with you so lula <laughs> i'm taking her over to the light switch i'm saying let me show you how these light switches work they're they're pretty neat <laughs> yeah play with it all you want kid yep. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to learn on and off on off on off <laughs> oh that's too funny i have no trouble picturing that though I have no trouble picturing that though. Cause like, you know, I, I have a little one myself and, and, you know, our parents have firmly settled into grandparent mode. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's hysterical to watch. 
yeah yeah so um but but yeah the, so um but 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 at that time i was um i was actually studying to be an elder at the church mm-hmm. so actually i'd already been introduced to the church as an elder candidate and okay. it was it was in so 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 basically it went like this you go through um i don't know maybe like six months of 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 training like every saturday we met together uh going through the the training experience then um they they introduced us to to the entire church um we're a, we're a church with as you know mm-hmm. um several locations several campuses uh, but one one meeting a year the the entire assembly gets together and it was at that meeting that that assembly all together uh, introduced me as a, as an elder candidate, and and then you give the church a couple months to to respond. Okay, do do the do these men who were introduced mm-hmm. meet those qualifications of of an elder at the church? And um, Titus uh, and Titus, it talks about the qualify is one of the places it talks yeah. about qualifications of, of elders, and and it says uh, within that that uh, has has children that they can uh, children who are believers and cannot be and, and that, that sort of thing. I was like, oh, maybe I need to be the person, um, the, the church member who who objects to my my candidacy at this point. Okay. So, so I did. Um, I, I, I called up. Uh, I called up Pastor Kevin, um, and I, I said, "We need to talk." And I, I'm not the type of, of yeah. I mean, you were you were the youth pastor that, with me for a while, and you probably never got a message from no. me that said we need to talk. <laughs> no, I would have remembered. Um, there were, you know. There were some parents who shall not be named that that you know I just they were just like it was like they were on speed dial, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know we need to talk. Um, and, and then there were other parents like yourself that was like you know as long as I'm doing good things like you got you got nothing I got nothing to worry about from you. Yeah. So so um, Kevin was like oh wow we we need to talk <laughs> yeah. So, so we met and and. Um, and I, I shared my concerns. Um, I talked to, to uh, also Pastor Mike, um, who is the uh, lead pastor at the church, um, about it. It was funny um, because Pastor Mike and I both were in agreement that I should not be an elder at that point. Mm-hmm. But it was funny about why. Um, okay. I, I was using a... a, a very Titus argument, like like looking at Titus and, and saying uh, because of Titus, this and that, and and um, and he was saying, well, he, he was he was saying, I don't think that's a reason because mm. Titus is talking about whether or not somebody manages their household well, mm-hmm. and I, I've seen you manage your household. You're you're fine. You you can manage your household well. Um, it's even the age thing, he's like, at, at 16, most uh, most kids, whenever Paul was writing Titus, would have been yeah. out of the household. They would say, have yeah. had their own household. They would have been beginning point. their own, yeah, adding those additions on or, or adding a structure to the village somewhere or, yeah, however. Right. Yep. I mean, they were still part of that, that larger family community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so, so he was. So that's a lot of grace said, there. That's encouraging. Um, yeah, yeah, and and he said, but I still don't think you should be an elder at this point. <laughs> but but no. and and he said, <laughs> he said he said the reason that you you uh, that he had reservations about it was more because of the um, the fact that that would put a huge spotlight mm. on Rachel mm-hmm. at that point within mm-hmm. church, and and he he thought that she didn't need that that spotlight on her. Um, and, and that, that was true too. And, and it was funny. I was thinking that I was, um, I was kind of looking at the flock as a whole and, um, he was looking at that individual sheep, which of the two of us 
who who <laughs> of the mm-hmm. two of us, which of us would you think would be looking at that individual sheep? Yeah, you would think it would be the dad. <laughs> But it was not. It, it was. It was the. Uh, it was the lead pastor who said, "We need to, we mm. need to look at this at this one sheep and and figure out what her needs are." Mm. Um, and that was very, very helpful. Um, it, it's good. Just that's that's one of the great things about being part of a church mm-hmm. is having people there with different perspectives, mm. and and like I, my perspective at that point just wasn't where it needed to be and he said no no this is we're we're in agreement about about the next steps but we're not in agreement about the reasons for the next step then you need to think about mm. about mm-hmm. my perspective here and um that was it was very helpful yeah that's a great point uh, and something you know uh i think i think that that can easily get lost and, and something that i you know really do want to highlight about this is you know, the individual can get lost very quickly in our systems and in our designs and in our programs, Um, you know, and and we can often forget, you know, that the reason we built uh, uh, a system or a program or the reason we have, you know, a ministry or, or, you know, whatever it is, as part of the church, as part of our strategy uh, is to help individuals, is to help people, you know, uh, almost like lesson plans for, uh, a classroom, right? It's, yeah, I have a lesson plan, but it's for a student, right? Um, like, yeah, it's for the group, but like it's impacting individual students along the way. Um, <clears throat> and so that's really encouraging to hear and, and, you know, something that, that, you know, we'll definitely want to circle back to and, and talk about a little bit more, but yeah, please, uh, continue. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, so I, I kind of, uh, think of the old expression, missing the forest for the trees i i think there there's a uh, more church expression within that of of missing the sheep for the flock okay like if you're if you're um paying so much attention to the to the church as a whole but not to the individual uh members of, of the church you're you're missing the sheep you're you're, you're looking at the flock but, but missing the sheep Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think that uh, the pastor Mike did a good job of, of paying attention to the sheep at nice. that point. And, and I think that was, that was extremely helpful. Um, but it is, it's, it's something that, that you need to be open um, to, uh, to the church, uh, rely on those other believers, uh, rely on, on their encouragement. Um, I know that, um, one of the one of the ladies at the church um when it when she heard about it she she came up to me and 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 she said um let me tell you about my experience of being a 16 year old and pregnant Mm. and i was like okay um yeah yeah tell me about it and um she ended up choosing to have an abortion Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, your daughter doesn't even consider that as an option. Like mm-hmm. she is, uh, she, she knows that this child is, is a human being who, who deserves love and who de- deserves support. There's so much grace there that, uh, God has provided to her that, mm-hmm. uh, that, that, I did not have whenever I was 16 and um, just, just thinking about, yeah, there, there, there is like, like that's, that's beautiful that, that it's not something that, that we had to even worry about like yeah. with, with all the things we had to worry about, but the, the fact that that my daughter would with some encouragement um at that point i don't think that um oh yeah we had a little blip there i put a I put a note in my 
<laughs> in my uh thing to go and look back for it. Um Yeah, I just got a notification that said my internet's unstable, so I don't know okay. if that's That's okay. Um but you were talking about so you said it was something that that you guys didn't even have to worry about or think about. Um, right. That I missed a, probably about 10 seconds there. 5 10 okay. seconds. So Yeah, it was it was just something that that she was just not the kind of a person who would who would consider doing that and and mm-hmm. um that's that's from the grace of god i think that, that again this was a couple of years ago so uh, my memory might not be great and it was about it was in a time of my life that uh <laughs> well, i imagine those days moved kind of quickly there's probably yeah. a little bit of a blur around all that <laughs> but I, I i think she said that that other than her her immediate family she didn't share that with anybody until until she shared it with me um and now she leads uh a a recovery group uh for Mm -hmm. a support group for other women who have gone through that um that's so really encouraging to hear and it's it's one of those things that's you know uh i love your response to your daughter right because that like thinking about being in her shoes and, and you know like no no dad wants their daughter to come home with that news right and and our daughters feel like they know that on some level right the dad is not going to be super excited to <laughs> to get this news today um you know so she had to be feeling like she made a mistake she messed up this wasn't supposed to be the plan this wasn't the original idea but to be met with grace and encouragement enough and to know that you had a strong enough relationship with her that like she, she was going to tell you, right. We live in a society where there are options for her, where she doesn't have to tell you, you know, yeah, there, there are options for our young adults in our world that our their parents could be blind to. And so to know that, yeah, this is going to be a difficult conversation to have with mom and dad, but it speaks to the level of relationship you have and, and, you know, grace and gospel that you built into your family that you no, know, she's going to come to her parents. Cause that's right. And that's ultimately the relationship God wants us to have with him, right? He, the reason he wants us to bring her, right. It's, it's a dad wanting his kids to come to him, right. When you mess up, like, these are the rules. I want you to follow them for your own good. I don't want you to mess up. But when you do, I want you to come to me, right? Don't, don't try to fix it yourself. Don't try to hide it. That's, you know, usually how we make it worse. I, I, I often tell a story about <laughs> when I was younger, uh, that, that really just speaks to the, the heart of right. How sin kind of snowballs on us. I had a, I had a teenage mutant Ninja turtle beanbag chair when I was a kid. Um, and, and like any seven, eight year old, I got really curious about what was inside and they put zippers on them. Uh, so mistake number one is the beanbag company's fault. They put a zipper on it. Um, yes, everything, absolutely. After, everything after that's very much my fault. <laughs> but that initial mistake, right? Design flaw, right? But I open it up and what's in there is all these little tiny styrofoam beads. And so, you know, inquisitive, you know, like I stick my hand in and like pull out a handful of them. And it's like, oh, this is so cool not understanding the you know the realities of static electricity and how all this is going to continue and then i try to put it back in and what happens is it just more comes out and it's just starting to like climb up my arm and like all right to the point where i just look like a snowman with this deflated beanbag chair desperately just trying to like shove it all back that's what that's what it looks like when we try to clean up our own sin yeah yeah it, it just doesn't work it's it's uh as soon as you started telling that, I was uh, telling me that I was thinking static electricity is going to have its way with this story. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I yeah, uh, it, it, yeah. <laughs> the the story ends with my dad coming in and seeing me just covered, like just white, right, literally looking like a snowman covered in these things. He goes, "Dave, did you open your beanbag chair?" No. <laughs> He said he had to close the door and finish laughing before he could ground me. <laughs> uh, but that's, you know, that's the encouragement, right? When, when there's good relationship there, 
right? When there's trust, when there's love, mistakes can happen and they don't have to snowball into more mistakes. Right. Right. And, um, and yeah, and, and there, there's something there too about, uh, about like, it, it hurt. It, it hurt when she, when she told me this, this news, but upon whenever I, I reflected upon it, it's like, you know, this, any sin that she committed wasn't, couldn't hurt me as much as any sin I committed hurt God. Mm. Like, there's, it's not even close. It's not even close. Like, like what? Now I, I support another kid in, in the house. Like, what's that cost me? A few dollars. dollars but but dollars what did what did work and it's it's something about a, a child's sin yeah it, it hurts and, and and i think it's a good thing that it hurts because it helps us put our our, our father's hurt mm. in perspective mm-hmm. like sin hurts him mm-hmm. sin absolutely hurts him mm. and and every sin I ever committed, every mm-hmm. sin I ever committed hurts him. Mm-hmm. But what's he do? He he steps up and he says, "John, I'll help you clean up this mess. Mm-hmm. I, I'll I'll show you what I'll do to, to help you clean up this mess. Mm-hmm. And and I will love you through it. I will give you all the support that you need through it. Um, and and that's what he calls us to do." Like mm-hmm. in in uh, not such a nowhere near as grand, nowhere mm-hmm. near as uh, as earth changing, but um, that's that's what it is. It's it's uh, he, he gave us he gave us that love so that we could see how we are to love, mm-hmm. and and I just pray that that I'm able to to love that way through this. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, you're off to a great start with it, right? You be you became a multi generational household. Um, you know, I, I think that's <clears throat> I think that's one of the things that that was really encouraging to see was, you know, no, we're we're going to fold this new child into our life, right? Uh, I, I remember the announcement um, you guys made. Like, I saw it on social media, and you talked about it. Like, it was really impactful to me as you know the youth pastor in the area to see a family celebrating right here's here's our granddaughter she's not showing up the way i expected (laughs) this is not the the timing we expected but we're excited be excited with us you know i thought that was just so powerful uh, a thing to say and and yeah there's yeah there's absolutely no no case that i know of in the bible where a baby's not seen as anything less than a blessing. Uh, Absolutely. It's every baby is a, an absolute blessing. And if, Mm. if anybody out there is uh, going through this and, and you're, you're missing that fact, take a breath (laughs) and recognize that that baby And you've got to love that baby. Um, don't celebrate the sin, but absolutely love. Celebrate the fact that there is a baby, a, a, an image bearer of God, that is coming into this world. Who is going to, uh, who's going to squeeze your finger? Who's mm-hmm. going to, uh, who's going to learn to say your name? Uh, uh, the baby calls me Papa, and. Um, you know, just love hearing Papa. Yeah, you know, yeah. and it, you're going to love it, and you, you're going to to be able to have those moments of, of just pure joy because 
that this baby's being brought into the world. So mm -hmm. uh, don't don't lose uh, lose sight of the fact that the baby's a blessing. Mm. That's a great great point, uh, and you know I, I think it's also a good transition point for us to take a step back and say, okay, <clears throat> you know, I appreciate your personal journey through that. Um, but like, what are the, the takeaways and lessons we can learn? Right. We, we've talked about not missing the, the sheep for the flock. Um, and there's a lot we could, we, <laughs> we could dive in on, uh, uh, through that. And, and also, you know, not, not missing the blessing for the sin, right. Um, not missing the opportunity. And, and I think about it this way, right. Every time your kids come to you when they've messed up is an opportunity to grow your relationship. And, and right. If we're talking about missing forests for trees, it'd be really easy to miss that in that moment. And I miss that all the time, right? I've got a three-year-old and, <laughs> and she messes up plenty. Um, and I don't always see it as that opportunity to grow the relationship. Um, so walk me through, like, how do you prepare for that or how do you be in a place that when those big moments come you're ready to receive you know to give that love receive your kid you know and, and love them through it and see it as that opportunity right because you your family became stronger you became closer you have a, a kid that you're all pouring into together that's a wonderful thing <laughs> but it would have been really easy to miss because like you also say like it was a it was a punch in the gut right so how do we how do we take that punch but then also be ready to love and and you know strengthen the relationship on the other side mm. yeah that's uh I, I think that uh part of it is is build uh, you build it up over time through practice god mm. gives you the practice um because your three-year-old <laughs> messes up <laughs> pretty good at it sometimes mess up in the same way or the same no. uh the, the same way as your 16 year old do, uh, does or can That's uh, fair. <laughs> <laughs> so, so god gives you that that practice um building up um we uh for for most of the girls school career um they um they did school from home and i worked from home um and my wife was at home. So um, we got to see each other's mess ups a lot. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> like, like think, think how often you, you mess up at work that you're like, man, I'm glad my, my family wasn't there to see that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, whenever, whenever everything happens at, at home, um, you, you experience those, those mess ups together as a family a lot. And um, it, it, so, so you get to know that uh, how how the family can react mm, to, to mm -hmm. different experiences like that, and um, everybody knows uh, that that we're all flawed mm. creatures within our family. <laughs> um, so so being able to to recognize that is also um, something I, I think that it, it makes it makes us just more comfortable to be able to to approach one another and to to love one another through through struggles mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah um and then you know how do you right if you're thinking of this now from the perspective of like churches that want to be there for families in these kind of situations what are some of the best ways a church can be there, can make itself available. Um, cause I think similarly, you know, <clears throat> I don't think this is something that a church can program for. Right. I think it can have resources, right. You know, you can partner with local pregnancy centers. You can, you know, have funds to help with diapers and formula and, and, you know, meeting practical needs, but in terms of really building bridges to relationship, right. Practical needs is great, and there are plenty of resources out there to help churches how to do that, but really want to dig down into the ways to, you know, build those those relationship bridges into the lives of people who are going through something like this, where, like, 
no, the church is my safe space to come when I mess up. Because I don't know that that's true for everyone. And it's certainly not true for every church, right? There are many churches in the world that like, they would not be anybody's safe space when they mess up. Like to go there, you got to like, you know, cover up all the, the the nastiness that is part of your normal life and, you know, go hide in the back and, and hope nobody asks too many questions. Right, right. Um, yeah, I, I think that, um, I, I think talking about it is, is some, like so many, so many times the uh, churches don't talk about certain aspects of people's lives because mm. either, either, either it's like, we, we just want to pretend that like the sin doesn't happen mm-hmm. uh, or, or these struggles don't happen or, or mm-hmm. that, uh, the Christian experience doesn't involve hardships. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we want to pretend that. So, so we'll just kind of ignore it and, and, and not talk about it or, um, or we'll be so judgmental about it that, and, and um, put you front and center. <laughs> yeah. Happens. Right. You're now Instead the cautionary just... tale, <laughs> right? You're, you're the story everyone tell, right? You're, you're Right. Better be careful, otherwise you're gonna end up like John's kid over there, yep. right? Like you become the cautionary tale, you know. Yeah, so so walking that line, like how do how do we do that? <clears throat> and I, I I think it's uh probably relationships. Like mm. like be the church should be a family. Mm-hmm. And as a family, you you have you have relationships and that's I, I think that that you you be honest within those relationships. If you think about your family, there are people in your everyone has a, a black sheep in the family. And if you don't mm-hmm. know, if you think my family doesn't have a black sheep, guess what? You're the black sheep. Right. Yeah. Because everyone else knows who the black sheep is. <laughs> if you're your looking family, around, you're the, the one who doesn't. Yeah. If you're looking around the holiday table, wondering who the black sheep is. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> so so in a family you don't keep those things hidden like like they're out like every, people know them and and they still love that black sheep and they they mm-hmm. still welcome them in and that, and that's how that's how the, the church should be too it, it should be the family mm-hmm. and um and you, and you just get to know the people uh get to know people outside of the 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 structure, the building of the church. And mm. that's how the, the people, the people who came, um, the, the people who, who knew about it first, who, who uh, talked to me and, and were people who I knew not just on Sunday mornings. They, they were people who I knew through the church from the church i would have never met them had i not been associated with the church but i didn't know them only on sunday morning it it was people i knew from from various other times so um, i would say you know one of the things i think that anyone listening to this could really take away from your story and your family story is you, you know you were already very involved in the church to begin with you know not even just attending but volunteering and being there and dragging your kids to things and and you know being a presence and being a part of a you know you guys uh called them community groups small groups right so you're actively involved in that and wanting that for your kids and sharing the gospel at home and and trying to live out faith in practical ways but it's also when this happened you didn't you know you you didn't pursue eldership but you didn't pull back from the church either Right. You didn't you didn't go hot. You were willing to be vulnerable, but you knew that your vulnerability would be received by the church because that relationship was already there. Um, And so, you know, if anyone listening to this, right, thinking through how can we love vulnerable people, but how can we invite vulnerability? I think one of the the things that comes to my mind is. We have to model vulnerability. Right. If we want to invite vulnerability from people and, and invite them to trust us and invite them to to allow us into their vulnerabilities we have to be willing to be vulnerable ourselves right we we 
<laughs> you know, we have to love our, our each other through our own sin and, and be honest about the realities of our own shortcomings and our own struggles and our own difficulties. And otherwise it's, you know, otherwise it's just all veneer. Right, right. And that that's how you get the the people hiding in the back because they, they don't want anybody to see because nobody, nobody shows nobody shows their sin so of mm -hmm. course i can't show my sin mm -hmm. um i can't show my struggles i can't show my vulnerabilities because nobody else does that's 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 not the culture of yeah. of certain um certain aspects of of our lives or, or certain churches um and it's it's not a um it's not a good cult <laughs> it's it's yeah it's well, not, not a healthy good culture to be part of no well, and it's you're not really even a part of it then, right? Because right. what do you you know that's that's like being a part of a country club, right? You you know you kind of nod at everybody, but like it, it's not real. You know, it's not a yeah, family at that point. You're certainly just kind of not a family. You know, you're visiting and maybe you pay your your dues and you know <laughs> <laughs> hit up a lunch every once in a while and and you call it good, right? When when the church is is family, right? We think about the the examples we see throughout scripture you know uh church people are messy man <laughs> they do stupid stuff um <clears throat> the apostle peter's a, a great example of you know having foot in mouth syndrome <laughs> um and, and how many of paul's letters were like uh, were structured like this hi hi i'm paul timothy sends greetings you're all doing great well done the end yeah right <laughs> be a really boring new testament if that was the case <laughs> yeah well yeah most of what we learn from the new testament is because somebody had to tell somebody to stop screwing it up yeah uh, <laughs> so so many people say oh our church needs to be more like the first century church Read those letters. <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's a great point like We're, you know <laughs> Hopefully we we're are, better than that at this point. Our church is a lot like right? the first century churches. <laughs> Hopefully we're doing a lot better than, you know, now that it's 2,000 years later. We've we've learned maybe one thing, two at most, right? <laughs> uh, that's good. So along those lines, right, you know, there there are many things that that churches can do to welcome people in and, and share. What are things that churches get wrong when it comes to caring for hurting people? Right. When, when, you know, caring for you, caring for your family, um, it sounds like your church did well uh, and uh, encouraged to be a small part of that for a small window. But, you know, what do you think churches often get wrong about helping people who are in these vulnerable moments? I think um I think kind of what you said previously about uh, making developing a culture where nobody feels comfortable sharing their vulnerabilities. Um, I, I think that I I grew up Catholic, um, and I think that a, a lot of times in there, um, your sins were confessed in a closet. Mm. Um. And that's where sins ought to be confessed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I think that's where your struggle struggles ought to stay. Is in, yeah, is close in, it in that tiny little room. <laughs> talk to you about it with that, you know, that old man behind the screen and never think right. about it again. Right. So, um, so, so probably you, you don't want that, but you, you also don't want like, like pastor Mike said to me, um, you don't want to put her in the spotlight mm. and and if if you're made an elder elder um at the point where she's showing <laughs> yeah that's going to uh put her in the spotlight so, so don't don't keep her in the dark mm -hmm. but don't shine a spotlight on her either mm -hmm. um so it's it's just finding a balance like like mm. so much of life it's just finding that right balance where where you um you're you're just recognizing that that the Christian walk is is a walk of struggle. Um, you you don't deny that, um, but you don't you don't uh, put people in uncomfortable situations with it either. 
So, mm. yeah, that's a great point. You know that, right? It's all ups and downs, right? It's peaks and valleys. It's you know, <laughs> back to scriptural example, right? Right after Peter makes, I mean, within moments of each other, right? Peter's right. Jesus asks his disciple, "Who do you? Who do the people say I am? Who do you say that I am?" And Peter's like, well, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God, right? It's not 20 verses later that the very next thing that Jesus says to Peter is get behind me, Satan. Yeah, it's like three verses later. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, just he held on to it as right. He got his gold star. He held on to it as long as he could. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it doesn't take long uh, for, for him to be like the, the first big confession, the, the confession upon which Christ mm-hmm. is like, I'm going to build my church. Right. You were Peter. You are now the rock. Um, <laughs> take that, Dwayne Johnson. <laughs> He's a long time, you know, long time listener, first time commenter, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> uh, but then, He's yeah. Going, He's going to leave you your first one star review. I know, right? That would be amazing. I would frame that, <laughs> hang it on the wall. <laughs> oh. But yeah, and it's like you said, it's making room for the reality of working with people, right? It's ups and downs. Um, and it's a church being willing to pivot with their people at that point, right? Because like the church had to wrestle through how do we handle, you know, caring for Rachel? How do we handle caring for your whole family? How do we, you know, because we don't just want to cut you guys off, right? But no, maybe you shouldn't be an elder right now. Maybe this isn't the right season to take these steps forward. But like at the same time, it's, but we still want you in the church. We still want you volunteering. We still, you know, you're still part of the family. We just, we got to change some plans a little bit. Yep, man. And, and, and that's what families do, right? Families change plans. Like Hmm. you have, you have a plan for something and then uh, the uh, COVID happens while you're closing on a house and you, you change plans. <laughs> yeah. You figure that's... it out. And that's, you know, that, that comes to my, uh, kind of where I want to land the plane is back to the role of parents in this setting and, you know, really wanting to encourage across the board, you know, church leaders, church members, family members, what do parents get wrong about this? Like one of the things that comes to my mind is holding too tightly to the plan you have for your kid. Cause that could I... like crush a kid. Yeah, and, and and that's absolutely right. Uh, that that's ex- exactly what I would have said. Is is you have plans for your kids? We all do. Every single one of us has plans for for our kids. But um, yeah, I'm I'm Proverbs, hoping for the Olympics for mine. Just putting that out there, you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, get them uh, get them out there. Uh, have them have them uh, uh, on on the practice field nine hours a day, <laughs> yeah, um, right. every day, day in day out. <laughs> Um, they won't resent you at all for that. <laughs> never, that never goes badly. <laughs> but um, yeah, the proverb says the heart of man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. Mm-hmm. The the heart of the parent plans the, their kid's way. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, but but the Lord has has his own plans, and mm. um, well, and and our kids better, are our kids are their own people, right? That can be hard to forget sometimes. So, so not only or hard to remember. Yeah. So, <laughs> so, so, so we're three degrees removed. Like, th- there's my plan for for my kid. Yeah. There, there's my kid's plan, and then there's <laughs> yeah. God's plan. Yeah. And like, I, I have of those three people, I have the least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're, yeah. You have the least actual say in the plan. The further exactly. along your kid goes. Yeah, I, I might want to have the most, mm. but but of the three, I have the least. Mm. And um, so, yeah, it's just be humble about that. Like, mm. like recognize that that of, of the God, the kid and you, you, your plan is is the smallest of the three. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a great point. Well, and it it helps keep in perspective, like. You know the plan's going to change as the kid changes 
right? Even if you're, you know, even if your kid never comes home and, and says, dad, I'm pregnant, um, or I got my girlfriend pregnant or, or whatever, right? They're going to come home and there's going to be some kind of crisis, right? The very right one to 10, like, yeah, dad, I don't want to do soccer anymore, right? Never mind that we're six grand into private lessons and travel team and this, that, and the other thing. And, or, you know, dad, I dropped out of college. I'm going to go, you know, be a blue collar. I'm going to go lay brick. Like, you know, it's, it's bound to happen that our kids are going to come to a crisis moment that the, that, you know, things are going to go down a path that nobody was necessarily expecting or anticipating. And so, right. We, we hold with open hands, our expectations. Um, but that can be hard. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, we, we have plan. We want the best for those we love. Mm -hmm. And, um, and we define what the best is. <laughs> mm. um, like the, my idea for, for what's the best supper is not the same as somebody else's idea for the best supper. And uh, my ideas for, for the best plan for my kids might not be the same as, as uh, their ideas or certainly the Lord's idea. Um, and God's going to um, God's going to use everything he can mm. to, to establish his plan. Mm -hmm. and he's and and that includes sin and, mm -hmm. and he will he he absolutely will use will use sin to to glorify him himself mm -hmm. um and he'll he'll use sin to to bring beautiful babies into this world mm -hmm. and he'll use sin to uh to humble um people and he'll use he'll use uh pain and sickness to to help his plan so uh your plan for your star athlete for your olympian athlete um, <laughs> might involve a broken arm that that humbles mm. that plan and, and and changes that plan mm. but god it's god's plan and mm. and he'll use that and and he'll use that that broken broken armed uh athlete that that uh Six thousand dollar investment in the travel team of soccer that that's now uh, <laughs> now yeah. gone. He'll use it. He'll use it in a, in a way that that glorifies himself and and mm. um, and brings good to to those who who love him. So mm. trust in that. Trust mm. in that. That's a great word and a really great encouragement. Um, I think just a great place to kind of wrap up and and leave off. And so, Jana, I want to say thank you so much for sharing and, and being an example of vulnerability in a show about, you know, being vulnerable and encouraging vulnerability. You know, I really appreciate you coming on and sharing with us and, uh, you know, just being there to, to be an encouragement to myself and, and hopefully to others. So thank you much love to you and, and to your family. Um, so once again, thanks. And, you know, we'll, we'll have you on again, I'm sure. All right. Well, thank you. And, and it's so nice talking to you again, Dave. Uh, and uh, just haven't, this might've been our longest conversation that we've had. Um, in a while. Yeah. And, usually we're, yeah. we're over, you know, messages or something, or, you know, I have, I have some random thought, like one of the, the recent random thoughts uh, I think I sent you was about some kind of weird policy thing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so but yeah, yeah, really appreciate that and appreciate everything you're doing. Prayers for you and, and for your family. And we'll talk to you again soon. All right. Later, Dave. Bye. Thanks for listening. I hope it was helpful to you. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any new episodes. And you can always connect with us for more info at strategicmen.com. 